This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where we tackle one topic oh so loosely and discuss our previous, present, and future relationship with it. Today's topic was collaboration, and our guest was Grace Helbig. Please enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And this is episode number 34. 34. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We're sort of deep. Now we're in our mid-30s. Yes. Just like our actual age. It's like we've crossed, like, it's not like the nascent stages of our 30s anymore. We're like smack dab in the middle of the 30s. We are middle-aged. We're middle-30s Both the podcast and you and and I. And ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And we have some pretty exciting news. This is a really special bonus episode that we're releasing here. Um, And as of today, we officially have some merch that we're selling That's for sale. Right. Yeah, Tuesday, August 16th. Yep. It is a big day for the No Joke Podcast. Yes. Go to nojokepodcast.com. Please do. And you can buy a t-shirt, tank top, or hoodie, or all three. Buy, why don't you buy three of each, see what you like, keep them all anyway, and then buy three more. You know, just as a start, just as a base level. The way to wear clothing is just to keep stacking it on top of one another. Yep, three at a time. Yeah. Three at a time. I would recommend hoodie first. Yes. Then t-shirt. For warmth and then for style. And then the tank top The tank outside. goes over. You start with the heaviest and then you sort of descend in warmth all the way up. The only way that you can wear all three shirts at one time yeah. is to go to nojokepodcast.com yep. and buy that shirt. Scoop them up. Uh, we are also so, so privileged to be joined today by one of our favorite people, a super special guest. Um, you know her from the world. She has her very own <laughs> podcast called Not Too Deep. Uh, uh, she is an accomplished author. She's written Grace's Guide, The Art of Pretending to Be a Grown-Up, and Grace and Style, The Art of Pretending You Have It. Look she- at this guy go. Look at me. <laughs> what, my Charlie Rose over here? You know, Billy's co-host is Charlie this Rose. This has never happened, Grace. I know. This is Captain Credentials. Finish. I love Captain. it. Finish. Yes. Finish. Okay. Uh, she's the star of the films Camp Dakota, Electra Woman, and Dinah Girl, <laughs> and the upcoming Dirty 30, <laughs> which comes out September 23rd, 2016, the year of our Lord. And we are <laughs> super stoked. And last but not least, Yes. And I learned this from the internet, an uh-huh. accomplished metal-winning pole vaulter, oh. which you're going to have to kind of explain. Somebody wickied. Somebody wickied. So, that's our spinoff podcast. That's so a wiki alert. Will... Yes. You, you have now been wickied. You've been wickied. We are joined today, pleasure, Grace Helbig. Yay! Hi, Grace. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Sorry if that was a little embarrassing, like I was your high school guidance counselor. No, that was actually really, really wonderful. Is my phone, my phone might be buzzing. This is a great intro for myself. Classic Grace. She's so plugged in. Well, Adam, you, yep. I got to say, you've never brought a book to the No Joke podcast for. He I... currently has a book next to his no, body with notes. Book. I saw that when I, I didn't look at the notes, but I saw you had notes and I was like, this is pro. This, this is, is super, really pro. Super pro. Well, it's, I have to sort of lay the kind of the culpability at your feet, Grace. It's just that you are are ridiculously prolific and it literally takes notes to keep track of what the heck you're up to all the that's time. That's very, that's <laughs> extremely flattering. Thank you so much. Thank wow. you so much. And most importantly, so what about this pole vaulting? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this So the Wikipedia is a very bizarre thing. Yeah. Somehow, I did track and field when I was in high school and I went to a very small high school. There was like 148 kids in my graduating class. Wow. Yeah, very, and that was four towns combined Holy going crap. to this high school. Tiny towns. Tiny, tiny towns. And so our track team competed in very tiny track and field competitions. Oh, this is already a very adorable little story. <laughs> and so I I love track and field and yeah. I did a lot of like high jumping and long jumping and that sort of cool. thing. And then it was... Long the... jumping was just like jumping six inches. Yeah, right? in exactly. Tiny town. Very like tiny. Jumping one foot and you were like state champ. And so <laughs> we, 
I real they allowed women to start competing in the pole vault, but there was like a base height of like six feet you had to get over, and hardly any females competed, and so. I wanted to win extra medals, That's and I was it. like, "Can I do it?" And they're like, "Yeah, if you can get your legs over." I was so bad at it. Wow! You have to use so much of your core. Mad core strength, right? Mad core strength, and I have such like my body is two thirds legs and like one third torso, <laughs> and so for me to like pendulum swing my <laughs> yeah. legs over, it was literally like someone gave a giraffe arms and a pole oh, and was like, "Good luck there's to a you." Visual. Good luck to you. It was so. And somehow that made it to Wikipedia. Somehow that I mean, detail. I guess because it sounds. Um, way cooler in just out of context. Yes, but within context, it's just kind of sad. Right. Um, but the, not sad. Not no. sad. No. Not no. sad. I think it was like the seeds of really putting myself out there and yeah. trying things. Right. Yes. Um, and also just being greedy for success greedy in any way success. possible. Yeah. We just want to point. It's important to be greedy for yep. success. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. But I totally understand. I did Taekwondo when I was growing up. Really. And I would go to these like national and regional. Equally cool. Equally so cool. cool. <laughs> Super cool. In an equally small weird. Demented town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was doing martial arts tournaments, regional tournaments, and national tournaments. And to your point about like, like my eyes would light up when I would go to a tournament <laughs> and realize that there were only like two or three other people in my field. Exactly. It was like I'm. I wasn't. I'm already bronze. I'm already yeah. bronze. <laughs> I'm walking in with a bronze around the my neck. least I could do is bronze. Right. That's the worst. And I like, know, I wasn't like, about to, I was, I didn't care about like conquering as much competition <laughs> as I could. It was like, what's the quickest way to a bronze? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But that's like so uplifting. So if you ever have children in the future, like just, you know, keep it small and local. Pick a very non-popular sport and enroll them in that. <laughs> exactly. Or just go to a trophy store and buy them a trophy. Buy the trophy. Right? That's best kid. That's the best, best case scenario. Kid. Yeah. That's you don't need amazing. to earn the trophy. You can just my, buy it. My next door neighbor pole vaulted. Really? Damn, how's that for a beginning of a story? <laughs> That's the end. Pole vaulted. That's the end. Um, I don't know if he's still alive, but I do know that I saw his pole vault once. Uh -huh. And what I was uh, kind of surprised by, and you're obviously a pole vault expert. So I'm asking you, Grace. 100%. There's the pole vault, which looks like a huge drinking straw. Yes. But then on the bottom of his pole vault was a tennis ball. Yeah. Does every pole vault require a tennis ball? No. Okay. Mine did not have a tennis ball, but it had some sort of rubber stopper hmm. that there's okay. a metal box in which you lodge said pole into, and then you use your body's like pendulum momentum to yes. swing your legs up and over. Yeah. And when people do it well, it looks really it impressive. Looks oh. It's it looks amazing. Majestic. People turn their full bodies upside down. But it's incredible. But when it doesn't go so well, you're it's a giraffe. It's so sad to look at. That is the same as improv. <laughs> 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 that is the same. When you do it well, it's magic. When you do it bad, you're a giraffe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get me out of this giraffe. Yeah. giraffe. So did giraffe. you ever, did you have the experience in your training of like getting up and not getting all the way over and falling on your ass? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, the women's pole vaulting was such a, like you could have run and jumped over the bar right. without the pole. It's the high jump with a obstacle. Exactly. Yes. With a stick. Yes. With like a trough and a metal stick. And high so, jump with trough. Yeah, exactly. And so it was very, I don't know why more girls didn't do it. Right. Just yeah. because it was relatively easy. All you had to do, it started and ended so quickly for the female competition of pole vault. It's like one girl got over and the judge is like, great, you win. Gold. We're done. Gold. <laughs> Unless yeah. you want us to raise it up. No? Okay, you're good. Got just it. sign in and you get your medal and that's yeah, the competition. Exactly. That's right. It was so dumb. It was so, but uh, no, I never had that experience. But I would watch yeah. at the collegiate level, I used to watch the girls can, uh, compete and they were incredible. Right. Like, incredible. So incredible. And you're like, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like. Yes. Got it. Oh, got it. Got <laughs> it. I'm not supposed to be shrieking with anxiety as you go over the bar. Okay, I just see. shoving the pole yeah. back as soon as Where's you Where's their the automatic bronze medal? Yeah, exactly. Right? Why don't they all have bronze? They're not yelling, holy shit, I did it actually at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I did it uh, actually. I did it actually. 
Yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right, well, pole vaulting is a solo sport, but today on the No Joke Podcast, we are going to talk about collaboration. Ooh. Collaboration. Yeah, in the first act of the No Joke Podcast, we'd like to talk about our past history with mm-hmm. collaboration. Yep. I can at least speak for Adam and I. We started collaborating about 12 years ago, yep. uh, beginning Harvard Sailing Team. Yeah, right? how did you guys actually meet each other? Well, that was, well, I was at NYU uh-huh. with uh, sort of the rest of the, well, who would become the Harvard sailing team, right. including Chris, yeah. Smith, who you know, and Chris and Billy were literal next door neighbors from when they were little, little sweet swaddling toddlers. First was, friends. Was Chris the pole vaulter? <laughs> <laughs> Other house. Okay, Other house. got it. Pole vault on the left, the Smith family on the right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Right. You went um, 50-50 and you went with Chris. Right. Yes. Chris owns many rubber stoppers, though, unrelated. Thank yes. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we actually met because I was at NYU with Chris. Uh-huh. We did a sketch comedy show our third year of college oh, cool. uh, that Billy attended yes. and because you were taking UCB classes Bill and you yeah. were interning at SNL mm. and you were sort of deeply entrenched in that sketch world mm-hmm. uh, and then Billy and also wildly jealous of the show that I was watching oh, I was yeah. watching wanted... Chris and Adam and these strangers do comedy that I wanted to be a part of so so bad isn't jealousy such a motivating force <laughs> it's, it's incredible unreal. it's yeah. important you mm-hmm. can either let it beat you down right. or you can let it motivate you exactly. to get there right. and it was actually quite literally the lure of collaboration yeah, yeah. it was the lure of being involved in a collaboration collaborative effort that right. I feel like. Yes. So that's when so Billy and Chris sort of like fired up the fired up the Harvard sailing team. Yeah, fired awesome. up means that Chris uh, invited some of his like friends from NYU and uh-huh. I invited some of my friends from UCB who didn't know each other at all. Okay. And Chris and I had been writing sketch comedy, literally mailing scripts in the mail the back fi- to one like I lived in Long Island. School physical yeah. mail. Physical, like because we were like because we were like post college and everything was like really twee and cute and yeah. like we were all like still like sensitive boys. <laughs> And we're like, if we if we, if we mail it, it'll be art. Yeah. It's it's just a it's just a script. If you email it, it right. if you mail it, it's art. It's art. That's amazing. So we spent about seven dollars on stamps and <laughs> like fifteen scripts. Brought all of our friends together, and um, about eight of them understood the jokes yes. <laughs> of the twenty or so. Uh-huh. Yes. And the, and Adam actually wasn't there at That's the right. time. That's right. I was studying my last semester in London, but then by the uh-huh. time I got back, I sort of left right into the yeah. So, so Harvard cool. Sailing Team was like six people, but Chris even told me before the team was even formed. I have this friend, Adam, who I'd seen before, mm-hmm. and he said that he needs to be a part of this team when mm. he gets back from London. That's and sweet. part of me thought, well, that means we have to split the profits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really... Is he going to chip into the stamps? Yeah. Does <laughs> he have seven bucks for stamps? <laughs> um, <laughs> but actually, to be honest with you, the first time we actually met each other before we really knew and hung out and talked mm-hmm. was after our freshman year, all of us NYU folks uh, sort of got this idea to mount like a one-act play yeah. and like form a theater company. Right. Uh, and we had this fundraising party at Chris's apartment in the East Village. Uh-huh. And the first time I saw Billy, he was schlepping by himself a keg right. up <gasps> the stairs of this East Village apartment. Right. And I was like, who is Hercules? And time slow. Down. I was like, that's my partner forever. In a collaborative environment, you need to ask yourself, what can I provide? Yeah. When Billy is 205 pounds coming off of four years of rugby, he provides brute strength to these little actors. I was like, yeah. Your whole team, your whole group of actor friends, no one weighed more than like 95 pounds. It would probably take 49 of us to lift a keg up. One, probably one After I carried the kegs up the stairs, I carried Adam and his (laughs) friends. We were exhausted just watching you carry it. Right. We got very tired. That's um, such an amazing initial visual. That's incredible. Just lapping it up, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like that's the type of – it was kind of instant attraction where when I met Adam, I was like, oh, this guy, like, he gets me, I get him. Yeah. and. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be so much better with him in my life. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, and perhaps, sure. perhaps you felt a similar way because you also met your sort of primary collaborator also at school, no? You and Michelle were sort of college yeah. pals or not? Yeah. Michelle and I met um, through an ex-boyfriend of mine that was friends with her. They were both RAs. Mm-hmm. And um, I... 
What's that? Dweebs? Dweebs. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds. Yeah, and nerds. So, <laughs> uh, and the college that I went to is in northern New Jersey. It's called Ramapo, and it's this really tiny liberal arts school. It's like the opposite experience of NYU. <laughs> and so kids would leave every weekend, and so it didn't feel like school. Yeah. I would stay up there to try and have like college experience, and it'd be a completely empty campus. Suitcase school. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of miserable for like the first year. Interesting. And then I met Michelle, who was an RA, so she was up on campus every weekend. And it was someone that like we got along with really well. She was yeah. obsessed with friends, had every episode memorized. Incredible. And I was just like so – like I was weirded out but also like very impressed by yeah. that at the same time. You're able to focus. Yeah. Like there's something interesting about I was you. like I don't remember the plots of movies after I see – like immediately right. after I see them <laughs> yes. and you know the entire seasons of Friends. You know Gunther's last name? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. She knew everything about it. Yes. And so we got along really, really well and um, we became roommates. And then I started getting really interested in comedy yeah. and um, started – taking um, sketch classes and yep. she had interned at Conan and so she got me an internship with Conan the next semester. No way, man. Yeah, it was really cool. And what also, year? Um, 2005 or six. Oh, okay. I interned like at SNL like around like 2000 and... Four? Four? Which is like the guys, same floor. You might have seen, each other in the commentary. You probably saw Michelle, actually. Funny. It's yeah. World. Okay. It was, but it was also like my first look into kind of the actual suckiness of being a, a writer on a late night show. Oh, that's interesting. And like Just sort the, of the grind of it. Yeah. yeah. The, you, you think it's all funny when you watch yeah. the episodes every night and that everyone is funny, but there's also this other side of it that's very working in an office every day. You don't want to see how the sausage is made. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? You just want to eat the sausage. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, she and I were really interested in comedy and then I started taking I took Kevin Allison's sketch writing class at the pit and I started interning there and so I came back to college all hyped up on comedy and so she and I I made a friend um, named Andy and he had a couple other friends and we created this sketch comedy group on campus called Baked Goods because he and I he used to get stoned and I would watch him get stoned and we'd watch 24 and then we'd just write sketches while watching 24 and him just being stoned out of his mind so we called it Baked Goods sure I like that you're watching him getting stoned watching 24 yeah Yeah. it's like your college experience you're surrounding yourself with TV obsessed (laughs) peers yeah maybe that was it I would get so paranoid every time I smoked, so yeah. I didn't want to smoke and right. like and work. I would just like sit quietly. By I did a gravity bong once on yeah. like four twenty, like so dumbly, and I just sat quietly in a room. Still like, coming down. Yeah, yes. like, I still am high. From You're that. like I feel like Jack Bauer's talking to me. Is that weird? <laughs> I feel like he's talking to this me. This is a comedy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Right. Why is it? Oh, this is in real time. <laughs> Every episode's one hour. <laughs> so baked goods would perform on campus. You guys were like yeah, do shows would, at school. We did shows. Uh, there was a college uh, television network that no one was using and so we were able to kind of finagle our tv class we had this tv class that our teacher got obsessed with like our wanting to create a show so she made the entire class work on our sketch comedy show that wasn't in the syllabus (laughs) yeah Yeah. we're gonna redirect everything i planned michelle wanted to it was this weird forced collaboration with now the rest of my like peers and didn't ask them to join they're like we just signed up for tv production and now we're making your sketch comedy show (laughs) so it was very weird i'm paying fourteen thousand dollars to be your pa yeah now i'm grace's makeup gal (laughs) yeah Yeah. but it was Actually, it was like the first experience of seeing the effort of many people working yes. on something and yes. how amazing that is rather than just Andy and I in a room trying to make something happen. I like, totally relate to that. I grew up yeah. playing sports and that was always very collaborative in its own specific way. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like go to theater school or really know what it takes to like put up a production. Right. So different than like competing in a game. Right. And then right. I met Harvard Sailing Team and all these guys who were like just completely educated in this. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun for me to experience it for the first time. Be like, oh, look how like 
respectful and communicative yeah. they are for a common goal. Yeah. It's interesting because there is a way to collaborate well and there's a way to collaborate poorly. Oh. And it, it kind of is yes. like an educational experience as you're doing it. Yes. I'm very much like a loner by nature. Like every sport I did was like a solo sport. When I got to school, like I just worked and did internships and didn't really like socialize too much. There's no right. team pole vault. That's <laughs> yeah, God, I yeah. wish. Three yes. people per pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Olympics 2024. Oh, Let's please. get it happening. Uh, but then it was working in this sketch comedy thing and then really when I started taking improv classes like I'd, I wanted to write more and not do improv mm -hmm. but I was interning at the pit and they were like we have a level one that isn't full it starts next week you can take it like basically for free like we just want to fill the class do it and I was so afraid and so I did that stupid sign that says follow your fear Gotta and I did it. that yeah. and then I started loving it and like loving the idea of just letting yourself free fall yeah. in this like safe environment and with a other good people. age to start doing that yeah yes. I'm really thankful that I started it like while I was still in school yeah mm -hmm. and so that really kind of you know strengthen that mm -hmm. collaborative muscle because you rely on everyone that's on stage with right, you right yeah, right, yeah. Right. one of the more valuable lessons that we learned I mean like we part of our NYU acting training we would go we took the summer in Vermont where a lot of us went to Burlington and there's like mm. this acting intensive and whatever after freshman year and the teacher we all admired and you know you're 19 you just like deify right. your professor in a way there's like that's in a like non-sexual way total non-sexual <laughs> in this case a little sexual and it was just like <laughs> we sort of like admire this guy Scott so much he was like everything he said was a pearl of wisdom that we would just like eagerly write down right. in a notebook yeah. and like tattoo on our hearts you know <laughs> like forever and his one of heart the, is covered in quotes it was a really bad idea to tattoo my Very heart at the, in retrospect uh, but one of the things that he said he was like look I like I'm telling you that, and I'm the teacher but like don't like listen to me like mm -hmm. like look around the room and like pick out the people whose taste you ha share right. yeah. and like these are the people that you want to yeah, be admiring and work with mm -hmm. it's like, not about me the teacher it's about your peers right. who you find that you have a similar so taste or important. aesthetic with yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, Grace you said how there's like good collaboration and then there's also bad collaboration yeah. um, on this podcast we like to use our act breaks for music yes. and so I would say I don't know what category this falls into whether it was a good collaboration or a bad collaboration mm -hmm. but Fred Durst and Method Man <laughs> Once no, a song wait, called wait. "End Together Now," no. not in, not in together now, and not all together now, and not together with a to no. two. So this song title makes no sense this on is any front. Blowing my mind. Why? Anytime anyone works with Fred Durst, I am so confused and delighted. Exactly. As a fan of Wu Tang Clan, <laughs> as you were confused. As a suburban boy from Long Island who considered himself very urban, yes. he owned 36 chambers. Okay, so did I. He didn't understand why Method Man was rapping with Fred Durst. What's that, Durst doing here? That being said, what do you say in the first act break? We play End Together Now. Good collaboration or bad collaboration? You decide. Let me hear your pigeons run your mouth now. Shut up. I'm plugging in them social skills to keep my total bills over a million. The last time I checked it, thank God I'm blessed with the 
mind that I reckon. Wait until the second round and knock him out. They call me Big John Stud, my middle name Mud. Dirty water flow, too much for you thug. Uh, that can't stand the flood. What up, Doc? Whole big like Elma Fudd. The show, I miss a map, I'm unplugged. Learn, temperatures too hot for sunblock. Burn, playing with mine to get you state time. Lock behind 12 bars from a great mind. Killer bees in the club with his lady bar. Brought his to the dance floor to cut a rug. Love is love all day till they throw slug. And take another and go. Can't feel me till it's your blood. Race tremendous, crime is endless. Same different day, father forgive us. They know not what they do, all praise is due. I'm big like EZ, get big bad boy. Let's get it on. Twelve uh, rounds of throwdown. Who hold crown? Protect land with Limp Biscuit. Get around like Mary Go. Bust a scenario. Coming through your stereo. Why risk it? Lifestyles of the prolific and gifted. Eight essential vitamins and minerals. Delicious. Word on the street is they bit my thesis. Knocked out their front teeth. Is, trying to taste mine. Acting like they heard through the grapevine. Feeding for the baseline. Two for five rounds. To the cuticle, where'd you find that monster? She beautiful, Wu Tang and Limp Biscuit. Roll on this, kick a hole in the speaker, pull a plug, and then jack. Like check, so what's it all about? And where we gonna run? Maybe we can meet up on the sun. Discretion is advised with the blood of virgin eyes. We're limping on the track with the method. So get the sun block, you're getting one shot. Until you dissolve, I revolve around everything you got. From out of nowhere, prepare, you'll be blinded by the glare. I told you not to stare, now you're turned into stone without a microphone. But don't you forget you're in the Together now, a uh, truly grammatical word salad by <laughs> Method Man and Fred Durst. Yes, uh, from the year 1990, our youth. Right, right. Wow, wow. Um, it's not that I'm holding. Fred Durst and Method Man to a certain standard where it's like, guys, you're better than this. Because yeah. I don't know who they are when yeah. they operate together. What I've learned is that they're and together now. Yeah, and together, yeah. Wow. Um, so, Grace, you mm-hmm. obviously uh, also are super prolific on YouTube. Yes. And you make so many videos. And that is – I'm just curious as to how – because that is like sort of splits the difference between being kind of a solo venture and also obviously it's innately collaborative. Sure. Um, it's YouTube is, is such an interesting thing and it came into my world when I was performing at the pit yeah. full time and yeah. you know working with other people but yeah. then it was this 
like wonderful dream come true mm-hmm. to be able to have a job that paid me money in which I could be at home alone by myself. Be real. Making content, which is like my safe place, like my wonderful creation den that I want to just like be in all the time. Just I can be, be a professional introvert? It was yeah. in the most incredible moment. I for you for recognizing that. Seriously. Oh, it was so important. It was actually really important to like have that awareness about myself and realize this is where I'm happy and yes. this yes. is where I feel like most free in my creativity. Yes. Because it was awesome being on stage. I think I'm a Libra. I'm a scale. I'm fair and balanced. And so to have that balance of being able to be out around people, doing things on stage with others, creating something from nothing, and then to be home to create something from nothing by myself was just a wonderful balance. And it seems also within that balance that it's nice that the theater is almost like smaller scale. Exactly. You know, it's like if that's not exactly where you would like be naturally that you'd want the pressure off of that and more people to see you where you can creatively thrive totally that was it was a learning experience of like what youtube was just this fun hobby this uh, thing that i could go home and do you know with like very little um like responsibilities you wanted to to a certain extent absolutely which is what any artist should want right i mean dream come true when your hobby becomes your career jobby we've we've called (laughs) it when a hobby becomes a job that's amazing we've talked to mary about this when your hobby just you do it enough it just becomes your jobby maybe we're not going to be saying that to each other all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you for that blessing. Yes. Uh, and, but the thing about YouTube was it was this new form of entertainment in which, unlike traditional media, which is based on competition and mm-hmm. channels competing against each other for right. viewership and right. audience, right. YouTube was innately collaborative because you everyone worked together. Everyone promoted each other's videos. Right. Everyone was in this wild, wild west. We're all better off. Right. We're in this together. None of us have any real idea what we're doing. No one has paved the way before us. Right. right. So Pioneers. we have to stick together. That yes. is, we fell into this really small window. Yeah. Where it was like, it's our job to kind of figure this thing out by failing. Harvard Sailing Team was the same way. Yeah. Totally. Where it was just like, we need to just like figure it out by trying yes. exactly yeah. interesting to be at the nexus of a, of a type of media like right. to be at the ground zero of like a whole new type of absolutely but not even really being aware that yeah. that was the nexus Correct. and that was what right. was happening right. Right. i mean had i been more aware in the moment i'm glad i wasn't correct because yeah. i think i would have overanalyzed be more about it. Yeah, yeah and tried to turn it into something i knew which was the you know way of the traditional media world right. and so realizing how unbelievably supportive the community of YouTube was. Right. It was a community. Like, you know, Harvard Sailing Team and, and comedy is a community yeah. of people. Yes. Whether they're on your team or just, you know, part of the theater right. or fellow performers. And YouTube was this amazingly global community. Right. Which was overwhelming and just wonderful that you could be part of a community by, alone in your own home. Yes. It was really kind of amazing. Yes, agreed. Um, and, and beyond just like collaborators who are other YouTubers, there's also this like incredibly blurred line between like the, your audience and like there's a sort of an audience absolutely. performer collaboration cycle that also occurs. I feel absolutely. Like. Yeah. Because you're speaking directly to them yeah. in a camera. It, on TV, none of the characters look at you in the audience. Right. They Except when you're super stoned and watching 24. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jack, talk to me. <laughs> and so, and I wasn't even realizing that, but I realized that. I was also part of the audience. I was watching fellow creators and wanting to work with them and thinking that there was an intimate relationship developing, which is so weird and interesting, but also very cool. Like when Mamrie and I and Hannah do shows and kids come up to us afterwards, they know more about us than we know about ourselves. I know. I bet that's true. Which is bonkers. But at the same time, it's like social media, we all stalk people on social media. And like, I know things about people that they don't know I know (laughs) because I have looked through and found everything. If you are told a name that you don't know and you don't Google that person, you're weird. (laughs) Yeah, 
yeah. At this point, now you're weird. Seriously. It's like, what kind of like veil of shadows are you looking to live in? Get the deets. You don't know my birthday. See what their ex boyfriend or girlfriend looked like. That's like, right. Let's right. learn a lot about this person. Okay. I know the best acting is pretending you don't know what's happening in that person's life oh when you God. see them in person. That is right. so funny. That's why I try not to remember anyone's names. So if I ever meet you and I say, "Oh, we met before," I'm sorry. I'm just acting. Exactly. That's me acting. That's it's like amazing. it's more honest. I'm supposed to be like, "What are you up to?" To say, "Here's what you're up to." Yeah. <laughs> Right. So that's right. almost I more saw honest. you went on this trip, yeah. blah, 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 rather than, so have you been traveling? Yeah, lately? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook has destroyed the 10 year high school reunion. Irrelevant. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh, now, now all the Facebook pictures are just like moving and drinking. Right. That's like, true. It's just, I'd rather you just like stay on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Well, so how... have you been these last 20 minutes? <laughs> Facebook wall. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> how have you guys found that with doing Harvard Sailing Team and then, because you guys have been together for so long yeah. and are you still working together? Yeah. Or are you working like, is everyone sort of of here and there and everywhere everyone is here there and everywhere and and we all work together we actually just sort of recently kind of fired up this new monthly live show awesome here in la at the nerdist school cool. um, that we're doing so like yeah. yeah i feel like it's been fascinating it's like harvard sailing team started as this hobby right you know where yeah. it was just like we graduated college and you just need to fill the hours yeah. like no one was getting a real job so we just needed to fill the hours yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. we filled it with rehearsing and all you know doing shows and that was our job that was unpaid and then as like time grew, we started making videos mm -hmm. and that like almost like cemented our responsibility somehow to like be creating mm, more things. You know, right. once you have an audience, suddenly it's like, we need to make this thing yeah, happen. Absolutely. And then like, sorry. No, no, not at all. And then in like seven or eight years in, because we've been around for 12 years now. Wow. Together, you're a pre-teen. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's well, amazing. The podcast is middle-aged, but Harvard Sailing <laughs> Team is a pre-teen. <laughs> pre Seventh grade. We're nervous. But like we, around like six, seven, eight years, we had been doing live shows every single week for a year. Right. And yeah. there is that like internal itch where it's like, I know you guys are going to be there for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. maybe I need to like scratch a little bit outside of you guys. Mm. And it's not even like a conscious, like, I need this, but rather like, who else am I? Yeah. Right. You know, and like collaboration's awesome and it should reveal who you are. Yeah. But simultaneously, there is that like, remember who you are type thing. Yeah. And, yeah. And frankly, and to, I mean, to be totally honest, it's like we were all kind of like theater dorks, not keg carriers. <laughs> and we were just like kind of like theater kids who like loved Chekhov and One Axe and Shakespeare. Yeah, right. Yeah. And to be honest with you, Billy was kind of the one in the team that was like, YouTube like videos like mm. we should make videos too and we would look around and see you and see Derek Comedy mm -hmm. our yeah. broadside and people in our peer group I'm like we should do this right. and we didn't even start making videos for YouTube until we were like three I don't know Bill three years into our live show right. so two years maybe yeah yeah. it's like yeah we probably it's probably about that a couple Something of years like in that. Yeah. but now we're 12 years in and it's so fascinating how like we all moved out to Los Angeles mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. and we've all like pursued these different things but there's just no denying that we are at our happiest and most like creatively fulfilled even just when we're rehearsing oh yeah you know what i mean it's like that... it's rarely about the outcome at yeah. this point totally. and, or like the reception now it's really just about and maybe it's because you start getting older and things just start mattering slightly less or more importantly but now it's just the fulfillment of knowing i still have this creative team around me totally there's um i think there's a beautiful balance in you know people ask a lot about youtubers being able to now create new trajectories that you can bounce over to traditional media yep. in other ways and right. like TV and writing books and movies and things like that. Yeah. Do you still do YouTube if all that happens? And Hannah always, she has this beautiful quote that says, dance with the one that brought you. Yeah. And so it's really about, you know, making oh, sure that you're, nice. it's really like poetic and sweet. And when she said that once when we were on a panel together and I just like had this like everything blurred for a second and I was like, what? That yeah. is so. That really clears a lot. Right. Cause like I've been doing prom all wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm such a slut. Oh my god. But, but that really like hits home because when we moved here about four years ago, we were kind of on that cusp. There was like talk about maybe making a television right. show and all these things. And then we had been doing these free comedy videos for so long that we st I started hearing at least don't do it unless they pay you. Like you like yeah. they should just start and. I listened. We all listened to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And that is just another way of pumping the brakes creatively. Yeah. Because now there's this new, like, rule outside of your own, like, just creative needs right. to make mm -hmm. videos. And that actually, like, we stopped dancing. Not we, Harvard Selling Team, but, like, myself mm -hmm. and a couple of others. Mm -hmm. We just, like, stopped dancing with YouTube. Mm -hmm. And stopped, like, we stopped making videos simply because we were told, you're, like, you're graduating to the next level. Oh. And, and in a retrospect... I wish that that wasn't the case. Right, if only right. because just don't put it down. It's yeah. like inertia comedy and like our specific brand of like multi-dimensional comedy is so much about inertia. Yeah. When it, you got to just keep it Absolutely. moving, just keep producing totally. things, feel present. And Harvard Young Team took a few years off and like even me myself like took a few like said yep. no to a couple projects that maybe I shouldn't have. And sure. it's just a fascinating thing to like yes. to have to relearn how important like collaboration is and who you're collaborating with. And that with. sort of steady totally. inertia is one of the many, many things I admire about what you and Mamrie and Hannah do. I feel like you guys yeah. are are just sort of like constantly and how sort of gratifying for you that you have these sort of semi-permanent collaborators. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. It really mirrors what you guys do at Harvard Sailing yeah. Team is that I gain my energy and inspiration from being around motivated yeah. people. Right. Yes. You know, and they're doing so many things that it lights that fire under your ass. Like, oh, God, I should be doing more things. Right. I'm happiest yeah. when I'm busy and working with friends. Yeah. And we... We just became fast friends over like like-mindedness about you know yeah. work and and comedy sensibilities and that yeah, sort of thing. Right. And then when we got to create Camp Dakota together, our first like foyer together into a more traditional world, mm -hmm. and it it did you know well for yeah. what was happening at the time. Yeah. Right. It was this like really spoiling moment for all of us who were like, well, we can't ever not do this. That's it. Uh, this yeah. is, we're in this forever, I guess. Uh, Sorry, guys. But give me a reason to say that. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And it's not that we don't independently work of course. on our own, but it's always like what you said. It's a wonderful, like, joy, like, familiar sensation when we come back together and yes. get to work on things like Dirty 30 and stuff like that. Yes. Because it makes all the other stuff we do independently just feel balanced, feel like everything's in line. Yeah. Exactly. It's it cool. should be said more, but, like, for some reason, I don't know, I feel like in this podcast we often say it, just to remind the listeners, but you can never be at your best self unless you're surrounded by people who will bring it out of you. Yeah, and it is so important and, you know, it's so cliche to say, like, you are the people that, the company you keep you kind are. of thing. But it's so true that you when you take a second and you really look around at who is like influencing your life most directly, it's really important to be surrounded by the type of people that will motivate you in the right ways. Right. And when you get those people around you, it's just like such a click. That's like right. these are the right people. Exactly. Oh, I and didn't. It, you're, oh. you're speaking to a goon from Long Island <laughs> who like all of his like friends had shoulders up to their ears yeah, yeah, and yeah. I liked them. They yeah. were all awesome dudes. Love those yeah. shoulders. But Love then those shoulders. you move to New York City and you meet these guys and you're like, oh, it turns out that these artistic kids who wear funky <laughs> scarves are actually my people. <laughs> these kids dressed like the characters of Rent yeah. are like my favorite people. Yeah, exactly. seriously. Yeah. Bob Dylan and his friends turns out. <laughs> Not getting a haircut ever is cool? Okay. <laughs> I'm God. not going to get a haircut ever. <laughs> ever again. <laughs> Not having shoulders is also is also a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Did you guys all make a conscious decision to move to Los Angeles at the same time, or was that kind of just it happened? You and I had a few conversations. Yeah, I remember a very specific time when Chris and Rebecca. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, then they, they moved, moved first. first. Yeah, about a year before all of us, okay. and that was like. 
a sh- not a shock in a bad way, but like the first time where it was like, oh my God, like mom and dad are getting a divorce. Oh my God. You know yeah. what I mean? Or just like, like the, the band is breaking up. Exactly. <laughs> and that like just planted a seed in everyone's mind that it was like, you know what? Like we're all entertainers right. at some point. We're going to need to cross this bridge right. too. Yes. Another shock was like, there are cities other than New York City. Right. Like, there are places <laughs> in the world Especially other than because, New York City. And why? Because you guys, yeah, you went to college there. Yeah. Like, you live right yeah, there. Yeah, like, the it's, New York yeah. bubble is real. Yeah. You know, it's for like, sure. why? You don't need to leave. There's other places. But I yeah. remember it was about eight years in, and I, me and Adam had a few conversations personally, like just, just the two of us, where I kept telling him, I was like, our shows are selling out. I've never been more fulfilled as like a live performer. Right. Like, I feel like Harvard Sound Team has achieved certain New York City achievements that you might hope to unlock at uh-huh. some point. And yet it's starting to feel like a crutch. Yeah. Where it's starting to feel like I'm just like, that's what I'm allowed to talk about. Isn't and like, that weird? Yeah. When that happens, when it's this comfortable ceiling that you hit. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, I guess I could coast. We've done shows. We did like eight shows in South Carolina. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like, we just like sold them. It was just like this, like, we, our egos were inflated to right. degrees that they shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all, Harvard Sound, you looked around and were like, should we just be South Carolina's like preeminent <laughs> Team? Like, should we just move it here? The mayors of Charleston? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. So, yeah. But Adam and I Five knew mayors. we were going to kind of do it. And then yeah. it just kind of like dominoes. It was mm-hmm. just like, it feels like the Los Angeles magnetic thing is that like you come here for a meeting, you leave, but then suddenly right. you have to go immediately back. Yeah. And, yeah. Then you, and then you just like have to stay yes. for a little longer than you expected. Yeah. yeah. And then suddenly you're like, I think I live here now. Yeah. Absolutely. When I moved out here, it was kind of twofold. It's doing the, you know, comedy scene right. in the traditional sense and thinking, okay, you can only audition for so many New York based shows. Right. In in New York, mm-hmm. and then YouTube was forming in Los Angeles. Right. And oh, really? There were. I was an island in New York, like literally by myself oh. as a content creator. That's right. I used to like right now when you collaborate on YouTube, you meet in person, you shoot in the right. studio, your home, whatever it is. I remember you know, emailing Tyler Oakley and asking for him to send me footage of himself that I edited into my yes. video. And because he lived in Michigan at the time. And, you know, that's it, what you have to do, though. Right. I mean, it's, it's like it's funny and it shows with the times. But right? that's like also really awesome. Of yeah. You. And that's like that Let's was go what, the extra mile. That's what made YouTube really amazing. But then realizing that like the traditional world, YouTube was establishing itself in Los Angeles. Right. Right. And if I really wanted to be in the collaborative mix, I physically had to be out here. Yes. For right. That. Yeah. So it was it's interesting. It's and all, also you can get a car with a trunk. Exactly. Yeah, I can go to Target every day. Every day. And if there's nothing to buy, you can just go for the meat No better city to live in when you turn 30 than Los Angeles. Slow it down a couple clicks. Listen to NPR at a reasonably soft volume. With the air conditioning on just enough. Yes. We're adults now. Uh, Going into the second act break. Great. Is there any sort of like weird collaboration that you guys can think of? Is there any sort of... Or actually, Adam actually uh, said this too. Is there any music from your movies or any uh, songs? Here's a weird collaboration. Tell me if you... This is not... uh, Have anything to do with the movies. Keep, yeah, it, I keep just, it moving, Grace. In, yeah. you, know, in you know, the air of Method Man and Fred Durst. Go on. Have you seen Eddie Murphy and Michael Jackson's? Uh-oh. Is uh, this... There's an actual song. I think it's called I Did, or it's something like I Did It. I'll Google it. But you should play that here because it's incredible. And it's all green screened and they're dancing in the sky we, in the music oh, video. Baby, I mean, yeah. you had me at, <laughs> <laughs> you had baby, me at yeah. dancing in the sky. It's a in shame sky, that huh? this is an audio podcast. <laughs> But I know. We're going to play this weird collaboration right now yes. and just imagine them dancing in the sky. <laughs> Eddie Murphy and Michael Jackson, some song. We'll be right back.
up with you? That was the incredible song, What's Up With You, by Eddie <laughs> Murphy and Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. two of the greatest, a song that was literally just introduced to us by our guest, Grace Helbig. Thank yes. you for opening our eyes and our minds. You're welcome. What a collaboration. Right? Seriously. That's let me use this time. Uh, pardon me, please. No, Isn't... I mean, that's like the ideal. That's right? a dream But if you right watch there. the video, that's also what nightmares are made of. Yeah, <laughs> it's like reading Rainbow if you're like in a half nightmare school. Right. It's yeah. kind of hard. Yeah. We only watched the first minute or so uh, before we came back to the scared. third act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a coma. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the third act of the No Joke Podcast. We are going to use this opportunity one more time to remind you that we now have merch for sale. Merchandise. Go to nojokepodcast.com. Will you please, please support the show and wear a hoodie first. Yep. Then a t-shirt. T-shirt and, and then, then a tank. tank. You want to go in top. descending order of warmth and you want to wear all three at once. That's how cool kids do it.com. The holy trinity of merch can now be found at nojokepodcast.com. That's right. Speaking of holy trinity, I believe that's sometimes how you guys are referred to. You and Mabry and Hannah. Does that make you uncomfortable? Yeah, yes, Father, son, does. holy Hannah? Yeah, it's, it's bizarre because that... the, the, you know, the audience that watched our videos, when we started making videos, the three of us together, yes. they just started calling us that. And then any articles that were written would call us that. It's a lot and of pressure. It, but it also feels like it's a self-imposed nickname which also makes us feel like hard for you to call yourselves the holy trinity yeah and we've never decided we didn't like declare this is what you should be calling us right. and so no one it you can watch our physical reactions anytime we're introduced in any capacity oh, yeah. like my shoulders just yeah. touch my ears it's just this, really yes this yeah. is how nicknames work though like you can't give yourself <laughs> yeah. a nickname that and like and it, if you get a bad nickname bad yeah Tough do you luck. guys have nicknames within harvard sailing team uh not within harvard sailing team but adam you know exactly what I'm thinking, so just tell the story. Along the lines of, it is absolutely, Im- almost immortal boarding on unethical, and it should be criminal to give yourself a nickname. Uh-huh. When I was in Little League, uh-huh. I was a pitcher, uh-huh. and I don't know if you guys remember the movie Major League with yeah. Charlie Sheen about the Cleveland Indians, yes. um, but Charlie Sheen played like the badass rebel closer pitcher with the mohawk, and it was great, and his nickname was Wild Thing, Right. right. and he would come out of the dugout when he was like supposed to come pitch the ninth inning, and they would blast the song Wild Thing, uh-huh. and I would get super fired up watching this. Sure. I was about seven or eight years old at the time, so I tried to get my teammates to call me Wild Thing by saying, will you guys please call me Wild Thing? And that is, like I said, that should be like at least a misdemeanor, if not a felony, to request a nickname for yourself. So you, your mom drops you off and you walk up to the field and your team is waiting there. At what point do you say, okay, now, it's as if like you were going to approach a girl and tell her that right. you like her. Like, and it's like, like scary. How, like, I... how do I, will yes. you please call me well? I think in my mind, I was like, they're going to love this. Like, they're going to be totally <laughs> on board. Like, they probably love Major League. Yeah, like, but who doesn't want a wild thing as a teammate? I can be right? wild thing. Like, I'm like, I have personality. Like, I'm already like kind of like the funny guy on the team. Like, I'm a wild thing. I'm a wild thing. <laughs> I'm a wild, I'm a relatively wild so call like, it like it is yeah you're just making sure you're all on the same page want to make sure that we all get the, I'm the wild thing on this right. team of things right you're the, you're the pitcher thing and you're the skilled batter thing but I'm the right. wild thing oh, right that's amazing. Uh, and I was I obviously laughed out of that idea immediately <laughs> immediately they're like shut up Lusta go to right field right when a nine year old Jewish boy approaches you and says I'm wild thing, thing they're like okay but sit like, down, go to imagining shul. how politely you ask them right. hey him. Tim Mark I was thinking maybe for the next I don't know lifetime you could call me wild thing <laughs> Adam is so anti-conflict. That wild thing is like the worst, it's the most antithetical name you could possibly. Nice boy. If you walked into practice and he was like, my new name is Nice Boy. Uh, Yes. I'd be like, yes, that's actually. Fitting. Yes. The closest thing that Billy has to a nickname, we used to work for a catering company in New York. Uh And one of our coworkers was Brazilian. Uh And he couldn't quite pronounce Billy's name. And he would pronounce it. Instead of saying Bill, he would say, Biu. (laughs) 
Like B-I-U? It's as if you took my name and dropped it off a building. Yeah, like B-I-U. <laughs> B-I-U. I started to say your name and then smelled something disgusting. It was like B-I-U. Exactly. <laughs> B-I-U. Exactly. So now amongst Harvard's talent team, Billy is rarely called Billy, rarely called Bill. It's almost always, yo, B-I-U. Yeah. That's so amazing. That's kind of what Yeah, it's is. like, I don't know if you guys have like different etiquette for who you're emailing and how you speak to them, but I haven't emailed Harvard Sailing Team without the signature B-I-U oh, as my, my signature in years. You gotta have that. Yeah, do I, you, I am B-I-U. Do you have a nickname, Grace? Did you ever... My, you ever gifted is, one by a friend? This um, hit me when I was an adult, like how this was not a good nickname for my dad to give me growing up. For some reason, my dad, and there's no inciting incident, I wish that there was an actual story behind it, but he just used to call me smelly all oh, the time. Sweet. As like is that a nickname in, or an adjective? Like, is he just saying you are like, smelly right now? He'd be like, hey, smelly, like, get over here. <laughs> smelly, let's go to the park or whatever it was. And it never occurred to me. It was just like, in oh. my head, he was saying honey. Right. You know? And so that became like you know conditioned in me that this is just like a normal nickname and when i was older my dad said it in front of like friends of mine after a show and people were like why do you have the nickname smelly what happened i was like oh like lightning bolts hit my brain i was like that's the worst nickname ever dead (laughs) that's offensive yes that's objectively offensive hannah calls me smell big now yeah, your last name is pretty pun. Right. Yeah, there's a lot pretty of great. I was a little great. kid and maybe like again around the seven, eight year old yes. age. Um and I would go to my friend's house, who you now know, and his parents were like these cool artists. And yeah. like in Long Island, you don't meet a lot of cool artist parents. You sure. know, it's mostly like you go into the city or you're a union guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they were cool artists and they were just fun to be around. And he always, uh, his father always called his wife this weird nickname. And I never really knew what it meant. So I was just like, hear it and move on. Yes. Uh-huh. And he's a very respectful, cool dude. Yes. But like, for whatever reason, he would call his wife tits. Oh, wait a <laughs> Wait a second. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> now, wait a second. And that's not an acronym. No, dude. Okay. There is not, I'm not going to say her name, but there's not a T, an I, a T or an S okay, in her great. actual first name. Once again, that's... maybe not a nickname, more of a descriptor. Tits. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, and so when I grew up, yes. when I learned what tits meant, yes. I was like, huh. Oh. <laughs> you just shouldn't have just been at, at Mike's birthday party been <laughs> yeah. saying, hey, tits, get in here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, tits, yes. we're blowing out candles. <laughs> It sounds bizarre that they're like cool artists, but for some reason it's like the most blue collar nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd think the union guys that I said previously getting on the train would be calling everyone to. Oh, it's the it's the hippie painters. The painters, yeah, yeah. The one other time I tried to give myself a nickname. uh, (laughs) That's multiple times. Adam's going through his book right now. Yeah. So time number fifty-seven, I tried to give myself a nickname. Uh, I went on a road trip with my parents and my brother, and I don't know why I thought this would be funny, Mm -hmm. uh, but I was like, "Will you guys, for the duration of this trip, just call?" me Alan instead of Adam why right wait you uh, thought it would be funny not that you wanted to change your name no right? I just like wanted to adopt like a mildly different persona like not a completely different persona just like a like a just a click over from Adam Alan it was just like I thought that I was like the worst spy in the wait, world wait how maybe. old are you uh, maybe like 12 or 13. I think it was like a Disney World type vacation. I was like, for Disney, like in Disney, can I be Alan? What's funny is that when Adam is at, uh, if he does something particularly nerdy uh-huh. um, in his life, Harvard Sailing Team will just call him Alan. Yeah. That will be Alan who just did it. Stuck. <laughs> is it. Is it because of that? I mean, I, I maybe, maybe Alan is also just the like the sl- like two degrees nerdier of a human than yeah. Adam. Just like a little bit. Yeah. All due respect, but still too close. Alan's got thicker Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> Alan's got stains all over his shirt. Sorry, Uncle Alan. Sorry, Uncle all the Alans we know. That's right. great. It keeps Adam pure. Pure. Yeah. Pure. But weirdly, it has actually come back. I, I planted the seed at 12 mm-hmm. with my parents. That was a hard no. They were like, no. 
Uh, but now, sort of 15 years later, it has kind of come back. And now right. you guys They've call started, me Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, your parents still know Alan. No, it's always Adam or <laughs> Sweetie or Little Monster. Kind of thing. So, yeah. <laughs> That's really the nicknames for my parents. Mostly Little Monster. Little Monster kind of thing. Cupcake Muffin. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's a third act, No Joke Podcast. Yes. In this act, we try and imagine what our future relationships will be with the topic. Mm-hmm. It's hard to imagine what the future of collaboration will be. Yes. Um, Although VR. we do know that our... Your hour movie, mm-hmm. Dirty yeah, Thirty. Yeah, there's a future collaboration. That's a super future collaboration. Yeah, I'm so excited. Will this be out before? Then? This will this be, out. be out Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah you guys should go dirty30movie.com. Pre order that stuff. Please, yeah. Adam, Adam is incredible it? in it. Well, That's what Mamrie said, too. It was, it was really fun for us because Camp Dakota was really just about the three of us and it felt kind of nerve wracking that have a whole movie ride just on yeah, us. Right. And so this was truly an ensemble effort, which yeah. felt so wonderful to have people from all areas that we know, like people from New York comedy, yeah. people from YouTube, um, and then just actors that auditioned that were incredible, and to feel like this was a full cast. Yeah. And that when you see, like, Mamrie and I wrote the story for this, and she wrote the script, and yeah. so when you write these ridiculous characters and then you see them brought to life by right. like people like Adam yes. who make this character so full and rich and bigger than we even imagined it right. to be it was just so delightful to be on set every day that that goes immediately to what we said about you are who you surround yourself yeah. with it's like when you there nothing makes me more excited and proud than to bring people who like Truly. I like am impressed by yeah. with me because totally. I want to like showcase all the talent that I have. So it's having amazing. that does feel better than you just starring in your own movie. Yes. Absolutely. And for us, you know, we can get very isolated with the three of us to be able to have actors that bring different energies, right. different like co- comedic timing was yep. just an educational experience for yep. us to be. And I know Hannah has very little experience acting. Mm-hmm. Camp Dakota was the first acting thing she's ever done yeah. in mm-hmm. her life. Yeah. And so I know her working with Dan was so awesome. Like she would just sit there and watch him and she would watch you. I mean, everyone would watch you in between takes because you're so in character in the most amazing way my favorite moment I tell everyone this is when you guys are doing the dance off and before you were doing it like we were getting like a safety meeting or something and all the cast and crews gathered and Adam was just in the corner in his full rave gear full rave rave gear he sent me a pic Yeah, I know you're not supposed to share photos he sent me a pic oh it's amazing and he was just sitting there listening but also like doing this (laughs) rave dance with his hands to himself like getting himself pumped up to do this dance sequence and it was uh, like all of us, like you felt this slow trickle of people just look over and then tap the other person and be like, "See what? This is incredible." Does he know the camera's not right? I'm watching Adam TV right now. It's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah, and it was really inspiring to be around people that you know, love acting that do it very, very well, right. and to feel like you have to try and keep up with those people. Right. We say like the same thing like about jealousy that we always work on projects where if we weren't a part of it when it comes out we'd be really jealous that we should do that i totally get that harvard sailing team we did shows every single friday for years Mm -hmm. and one week i had strep throat and i had now gotten the medicine where i wasn't contagious anymore Uh but it still hurt a lot to talk sure so i emailed the team i was like i can't perform tonight but i can sit in the audience (laughs) and just like watch what everyone else has been watching for years yeah and like three sketches in i remember thinking like my stomach was killing me i was like if i wasn't a part of this group Mm -hmm. i would be so (laughs) jealous Yeah. of these people if I didn't know these people I would need to do everything in my power which reminds me that six, six years prior I went to see them perform at yes. NYU yeah. and I felt the same way and I was like I need to do everything in my yes. power yeah. and I did that sort of that sort of jealousy can be a great jealousy in kind of pseudo quotes can be a yeah. great motivator You're yeah right. as like, long as it's like with with good intentions yeah. jealousy with bad intentions is never good right. but jealousy with motivating positive intentions right. is always very I don't know it gives you a lot of fuel yeah, yeah. absolutely how you spin it yeah. how you spin it do yeah. you guys have people 
uh, in the world that you desire to work with in the future? Is there anyone in the acting world, in the comedy world? You know, it's for me personally, I will say that this podcast has actually allowed me to collaborate with people how I'd prefer to, oh, as yeah. opposed to like doing a sketch with them or doing mm -hmm. something fictional oh, or a little bit more, um, you know, dialogue-y. Yeah. Like you said, where it's right. like you're either talking to the audience or you're not. This podcast has allowed us to like, just like you, it's yeah. like, we've known each other peripherally for so many years, but having this podcast allows us to like, just get to know someone yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. With no pressure, just right. microphones and headphones. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's already even plugged in or on no, or but I feel the same way about you when know? I started my podcast, it was being able to kind of strip down and talk to someone yeah, that right. you see occasionally, but very surface level is really, there's some, the, there's a pleasantness in the intimacy of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. also from a performer standpoint, I've realized that I like hosting more than I like oh. uh, acting. Wow, that's I important. like acting, but I know that I really like hosting, and that's it's kind of and it's just that nice kind of realization of yeah. like. So I don't know who I'd like to work with, but I know that like for a long time, Adam and I were like, we'd love to have Grace on the show. Seriously, oh, so so having something like this is like yeah, kind of hoping hopes come true. I can that's say cool. Method Man and Fred Durst. <laughs> Maybe hop on a track well, and maybe get uh, the studio. Like, I feel like you could probably get them. Doable? Here. Are they reachable? Right. I mean, like, we just promised Fred Durst a free red hat. Right. Throw it on backwards. <laughs> I mean, you, his email has to be freddurst at gmail.com. Uh, if not, freddurst at hotmail. I mean, uh, yes, it's like yes, one, yes, one yes, little grind. Hotmail.durst. <laughs> um, so we encourage everyone to email that email and let us know oh, if that works out. Please um, get about. We'd love to have Durst on the show. That was the No Joke Podcast. Well, that was this it. This was so much fun. Grace, thank you guys for having thank me. Thank you for coming on. We're really grateful that you stopped by. Uh, yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Really great. Uh, buy those shirts. Yes. Buy the shirts. Buy those freaking <laughs> shirts. Buy first, then tea, then tank. You know the order. You guys know how to wear a shirt. Okay, we don't need to, to tell you three shirts at once. Time. It's silly. You've all worn three <laughs> shirts. We've all worn three shirts at once. You know the order that you put them on, okay? So we'll leave it at that. Pants optional. Nojokepodcast.com. Buy three shirts. Okay. For the No Joke Podcast, I am Billy Scafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. Today, our guest was the lovely Grace Helbig. Thank goodness for that. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>